You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, this is episode 70 of Leading and Learning, and I'm really excited about these next three episodes because we're going to be talking about leadership excellence 10 Characteristics of Great Leaders. And this, this material is based on a book by Dr. Phil Pringle. And Phil Pringle is the, the, the senior pastor and the founding pastor of C3 Church Global. And we're a, a family of, uh, gosh, almost 500 churches worldwide. And he's, uh, Pastor Phil is known for his, actually he's Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil is known for for uh, his great leadership teaching, and he's sought out by so many uh, leaders, not just in our movement, but um, leaders all over the world. He's on the board of uh, Dr. Cho, the largest church in the world. Uh, He serves as an advisor to him, as well as a number of other ministries. And so Dr. Pringle knows what he's talking about when he talks about leadership. And um, this material, um, we've used it and taught in our school of ministry. Um, We've taught leadership courses based on this material in, uh, in a number of places. Um, and uh, so I, I think it's really going to be helpful for you. So we're going to just break it down into three three different podcasts. Today we're going to be looking at the first three uh, of these 10 characteristics of great leaders. So what do great leaders look like? First of all, number one, they're servants. You know, and, and, and you know, that's kind of a buzzword in the Christian world, you know, servant leaders. And even in the the, the secular marketplace, you hear that sometime. But, but really, servanthood is one of the main building blocks of leadership. Um, you know, we want people to um, know that we care about them. We can't lead anybody if we're not going to um, get involved in their lives and be willing to serve them. And this goes counterculture um, to, to, to some people's views on leadership because there's this this idea that, you know, I'm the leader, I'm the boss, you do what I say. But the reality is, if we don't have a heart to serve, we're never going to win those people's loyalty. And, you know, really, when we talk about um, what does a leader do, one of the primary things a leader does is he should be helping people. Of course, he's you know, casting vision, and he's setting strategy, and he's investing in his core team. All those things go without saying. But bottom line is, as a servant, he's going to be helping people. And you know, the one of the biggest sins in Western society is the fact that we're so self-centered. And as a leader, this just can't be the case. If we're going to be effective, we've got to be willing to serve. <clears throat> you know, in, in, the, in the Bible, Jesus said something very important. He said, um, among you, it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even I, Jesus said, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. And, and you know, sometimes people ask the question, well, that's fine and well for the church, 
But does it really work in the marketplace? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you um, uh, how many times I've seen people take these principles and apply them in the marketplace and have incredible results. In fact, people are shocked by by how well they're treated by their boss just because he has a servant's attitude. And, you know, these were principles that I tried to apply when I was in a management position, when I was a police police officer, and, and I've seen so many other people that I know attempt to apply these principles in the marketplace, and absolutely they do work. And when we talk about serving, really there's, there's, there's four directions that serving goes. First of all, we talk about serving God. Um, for, for Obviously, if you're a Christian, that goes without saying. If you're not a Christian, just ignore that one and jump down to the next one. But, but um, for those of us that are people that follow Christ, yes, our, our first priority is to serve God and to um, try and live our lives according to His, His precepts and, and according to the way He wants us to live. And then number two, uh, we want to serve those that are leading us. Listen, if we can't be submitted to and serve our leaders, we're going to have a tough time at work or wherever wherever we're supposed to be leading. In fact, if we can't serve our leaders, how can we expect those that we're leading to serve us? So we want to make our boss shine. We want to make those that we report to look good. We're always looking for ways to serve them. And then on a peer level, we serve each other. Um, we look for ways to help each other out. We look for ways to serve each other, make each other's lives, make each other's jobs easier. And then, of course, we're number four, we're serving everybody. We're, we, we, we never get, get to a place where we say, oh, I don't have to serve anymore. No, serving is for, for, for those of us that are, that are followers of Christ or you know, even if you just want to be effective in leadership, you've got to have the attitude of serving. So number one, we're a servant. Number two, we're a son. Now, what does that mean? Uh, the Apostle Paul said this in a letter he wrote to a church um, in, at Philippi. He said, if the Lord is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon. Timothy was, was Paul's protege. He said, I hope to send Timothy to you soon. Then when he comes back, he can cheer me up by telling how you are getting along. I have no one else like him. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others only care about themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has helped me in preaching the good news. You know, sons carry the DNA of their father. Sons carry the DNA of their household. They carry those values inside of them. That's why within uh, almost every C3 church worldwide, we emphasize raising up leaders from within. Uh, very seldom will you see a C3 church go and hire somebody from the outside. Um, the closest that will come is usually maybe bringing on somebody from another C3 church. But we believe so strongly in using the clay that God has given us to raise up and train and create our own leaders. Is this a lot of work? Absolutely. But it's well worth it because the leaders that we're raising up are sons and daughters of the house. They have our DNA inside of them, and, and they're going to carry the values of the house. And sons also have pride in their house. They, they, they are, are, are proud to serve. They, they know where they came from, and they're 
Um, they have the, the right kind of pride for, for their church or for their organization. And sons uh, also accept discipline in the house. Sons are willing to be trained. Sons are willing to be taught. Sons are willing to be discipled. Um, I've got a good friend at, at, in one of our churches who, um, when he came um, into, into C3 Church, uh, he came from a really rough background, drugs, alcohol, just a, a really rough lifestyle. And he came in and he, he, he gave his life to Christ and he began to grow as a Christian. And he had never had a real father figure. He had never had anybody really speak into his life. And, 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 a, and a couple of the pastors began to um, just lovingly impart to him, lovingly began to guide him. And to his credit, he accepted what they had to say about his life, about some some changes they needed to make, about some lifestyle choices that he was making, and, and some of the directions that he was going in his life, even after becoming a Christian. To his credit, he listened, and he said, you know what, you guys are further down the road than I am. You guys love me. You've got my best interest at heart. You guys are like fathers to me. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to do what you say. And today, this guy is just doing amazingly well. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a business that's just booming. And he's serving in the house and just radiant with, uh, with, with what God's done inside of him. So sons carry the DNA of the house. They have pride in their house. Sons uh, uh, serve the vision of their house. Um, you know, one of the things about, uh, you know, really being an effective leader especially when we're serving another leader, is we, we want to serve their vision well. Um, you know, unless I'm the senior pastor or unless I'm the CEO, then I'm going to be reporting to somebody who is. And, and, and so my job is to find out what their vision is and to attempt to help them carry it out. It means laying my own agenda down. It means laying my own vision down um, and serving the vision of the house. Because what I found is when I serve somebody else's vision and when I, when I seek to help somebody, um, fulfill their own agenda, that God has a way of, of also fulfilling my vision and fulfilling my own agenda. And then lastly, we, we mentioned sons accept discipline in the house. And then lastly, sons also give birth to other sons. You know, the best leaders don't create followers. They create other leaders. The best leaders don't create followers, they create other leaders. And that's really what we should be doing. If, if I'm doing my job as a leader, I'm not just gathering people around me to follow me. I'm raising up, training, and developing other leaders. And, and that's what we should be doing. And, you know, we, we talk about in, in C3 Church a lot about working ourselves out of a job. Whatever position you're in, whatever you find yourself doing, we should always be trying to raise up other people to do what we're doing, to replicate ourselves, and then moving on and doing something else. And, and you know, this does translate into the business world as well. I would rather develop my own talent when possible than just getting someone from the outside with a good resume. And I did that in the police department. Um, two specialized units that I oversaw. Um, you know, I went out of my way to, to, to bring in those guys who um, maybe didn't have quite the experience yet, but they were driven and they were willing to learn. And so I didn't have to untrain them. I didn't have to um, help them get rid of bad habits. I was able to train them and mold them like I wanted them, and they turned out to be outstanding officers. And uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to, for a blog I wrote about this on how to, how to develop the right kind of team. 
And then the last one we're going to talk about today, we've talked about how the uh, the, the leader is a servant, the leader is a son. And then, you know, number three is leaders, really, to be an effective leader, you've got to be a soldier. The soldier grows and develops in a climate of war. My friends that have served in the military will tell you that you really um, can only train so much. You really can only practice so much. At some point, you've got to put what you've learned into action. And that's why so many of these guys, and we don't, those of us that are, maybe that aren't warriors may not understand when these guys, when, when the war breaks out, they're all chomping at the bits to get there to the front lines because that's what they've trained their entire lives to do. So, so we're soldiers. And a few things about soldiers is, is this. Number one, soldiers are strong. You know, they're not just strong physically. Of course, there's, there's, there's that aspect of, of training their bodies and developing their selves, developing skills. But they're also strong mentally and emotionally. And in the Christian's case, we have to be strong spiritually as well. And, 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 and a leader knows how to weather the storm. He's strong. He, he knows there's going to be fights. He knows that as a leader, there's going to be times when there's going to be opposition. He knows there's going to be times when there's going to be battles. But he's strong and he's able to, to fight through those battles. Uh, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So soldiers are strong. Number two, soldiers are obedient. You know, success in war rests on soldiers being able to follow orders. When I worked for the police department and we were dealing with a a crisis situation, if I gave an order, I expected it to be followed. If I was given an order, my boss expected me to follow it. This is no time to second guess or have a time for discussion. When orders are given, they're followed. And, and, you know, that's one of the things about being a a leader. Um, You know, when we're following somebody and they give us an order, we need to follow it. Sure, there's times to question. Sure, there's times to have discussions. But when the conversation's over and we're given our instructions, we need to follow them. Again, how can we expect people to obey our orders if we're not willing to follow those that we're given? The writer to the Hebrews, the, the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they know they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this joy, joyfully and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Number three, soldiers are disciplined. Discipline. It's not a, not a word that we enjoy, but discipline is so important. What successful people do you know that are not disciplined? There just aren't that many of them. Successful people are disciplined. What does discipline look like? Discipline's choice is a life lived by principles rather than by feelings. What does that mean? Well, some mornings it's just it feels better to just stay in bed. But I've got principles to live to live by. I've got to get up and go to the gym or I'm going to get up and and, and start the day by reading my Bible. I'm going to get up on time so I'm I'm at work early. Whatever that might be. But we don't live our lives by feelings. Discipline has already decided how we're going to live well before meeting the fork in the road. Our choices have already been made. You know, people that are disciplined constantly make the right choices. It's not that they don't make mistakes. We're all human. We all make mistakes. 
But people that are disciplined consistently get it right. They go to the gym or they do their exercise at home. They go to church on a regular basis. They're disciplined with their money. They don't buy things that they can't afford. They're they're disciplined in their moral lives. They're disciplined in their business life. They're disciplined in their home life. They consistently get it right. They make the right choices. You know, the uh, as, as, as I record this, the Olympics in Brazil are coming up in just probably about a month or so, maybe a little less than a month. And you know, in the Olympics, I love to watch the, all the different sports. You know, these are people that have trained, trained their entire lives. But you know, it's, it's often not the most talented person that wins the medal. It's not the most gifted. But it's always the person that's the most disciplined. So we know how to say yes, we know how to say no. We consistently make the right choices. So soldiers are strong, soldiers are obedient, soldiers are disciplined, and then soldiers are armed. The Apostle Paul said, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. Paul's Paul's using the analogy here of a soldier wielding his sword. Do you know how to use the weapon that God's given you? And in this case, it's the word of God. Um, do you know how to use the weapons that you have at your disposal? You know, as Christians, it's so important that we understand not just the, the words in the Bible, but the principles of the Bible. Do we hide them in our hearts? Can we apply the scriptures in every area of our lives? I'm always amazed when I talk to Christians that, that just say, oh, you know, I just don't have time to read the Bible. Listen, I don't have time not to read the Bible. Excuse me, to read the Bible. You know, every day I spend time in God's Word, and, and I find that it feeds my soul. And I would just encourage you, if, you don't, if this is not a discipline that you practice, I would just challenge you, five minutes a day, five minutes a day reading in the New Testament, reading the words of Jesus, reading the words of Paul in the Old Testament, reading the Psalms, reading the Proverbs. But five minutes a day, I challenge you, if you do that for a month, of, month or two, it'll change your life. So, just a quick recap. Part one of leadership excellence, 10 characteristics of great leaders. Leaders, what do they look like? Well, they're servants. Number two, they're sons. And number three, they're soldiers. So we'll get into some more next time. This is we got two more two more episodes to go for this for this series. And, uh, you know, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. Which one of these three do you relate to? The idea of being a servant, the idea of being a son, or the idea of being a soldier? Or maybe you don't agree with me on something. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. Let me know what you think. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. I send out three blog posts a week, and subscribing will make sure that you don't miss a single issue. And subscribers also get my monthly subscribers-only newsletter full of great information about what Annie and I are doing in Brazil, pictures, uh, extra bonus leadership tips, and you're also the first ones to know about uh, new projects that I'm involved in. So make sure you subscribe while you're at davidspell.com.
Well, now it's time for this week's resource highlights. And we're talking, as we said, about leadership excellence. I'm going to put a link um, to the book in the show notes. It's interesting, though. It looks like the book's out of print. <coughs> I saw it on uh, Dr. Phil's website. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, it looks like it's out of print on Amazon, but I'll include the link. You can take a look. But also, make sure you check out my new book, Reflections on the Resurrection. You are going to love it. Just released it this week. This book is devotional, educational, and apologetic and designed to remind us about why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event in all of history. Check it out. Well, my friends, until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.